Welcome to Launchpad. This is episode 21 with Donaldson Brown, Laura Whitfield, P. Suzanne Perry, and Donna Stoneham. I'm so excited to be able to welcome each of them and each of you to the microphone today. This is, as I said, it's episode 21. It is the season finale for Launchpad. I'm so excited to have everybody here. This is a particularly special episode because it's about a personal stories of love, painful choices that impact generations, living a life untethered, struggle, survival, tyranny, love lost, and sometimes found, and comfort, healing, and hope. I hope that you'll invite everyone into your um, sound studios today as we listen to each of these guests talk about their amazing works here on Launchpad. I'd like to start out with Donaldson Brown. And Donna, tell us about your book, because I loved you. Oh, well, gladly. And it's such a pleasure to be here, Grace. Thank you so much for the invitation. And also to be here with these other um, great writers of these really wonderful books. Indeed. Um, Thank you. Well, this is um, the first novel that I wrote. Well, that's, that's mostly true. I actually do have a draft of another novel that's going to stay on the thumb drive and on my bookshelves. Um, but uh, this is the first novel that I, um, that I completed. Um, and it, um, it opens in a very small ranching town in Northeast Texas in 1972 against the backdrop of the Vietnam War. And the two main characters, Lenny and Caleb, are teenagers when they meet. And it's really their horses and their love of horses that first bring them together. And in fact, horses really continue to play a role um, throughout the novel. Um, though the novel does move this central section, the middle section rather, is, uh, takes place in New York City in 1986 um, in a time when the city is the sort of the financial and real estate boom and simultaneously a really vibrant downtown art scene and um, activism, um, activism around AIDS and activism around um, some of the impacts of unfettered capitalism, if you will. Um, and then the novel uh, concludes in the pre-pandemic current day. Um, and um, as you sort of alluded to in the introduction, it's really a story kind of about first love and about dreams followed and um, dreams uh, not followed or deferred. Um, and, uh, and a bit of a, a family saga as well and kind of the impact of um, a secret that is held initially with the intention of protecting someone um, and how that kind of reverberated really through several generations of one of the families. So um, it was really um, great, great fun and great challenge, but great fun to write. And I'm really pleased to have it out in the world, although it was scary to let them out in the world. So. <laughs> it is indeed. And I look forward to learning more about Because I Loved You as we go through today's episode. We are going to be joined by people P. Suzanne Perry, who's also written a novel called Lost Souls of Leningrad. And um, we're having technical difficulties on her end, so hopefully she will be able to join us. And if you're joining us live, first of all, thank you. Please feel free to make comments, ask questions of our guests today. We'd love you to be part of this episode because Mary Helen Sheriff, the author, marketing coach, and I absolutely adore having both our guests and our listeners here at the Launchpad. We have some comments from our uh, listeners today. So thank you and good afternoon and hello to them. Um, I would like to switch uh, now to Laura from historical fiction to a memoir. Tell us about Untethered. Yeah. 
Hi, Grace. Thank you for having me today. Thanks I'm really pleased here. to be here. This is my um, coming of age memoir, Untethered. And um, it begins with um, the loss of my extraordinary brother, Lawrence, when he was 23. I was 14 at the time. He had gone to the University of Edinburgh to study Blake and joined the mountain climbing club. And he fell a thousand feet to his death. And he had been my everything. And when I lost him, I lost my way. And the night he died, I had an epiphany and I told my aunt that um, life is short. You have to dream big and take risks. And I, that was way beyond my understanding, but I began to do just that. So that fall, I came to faith and my mom went into a very deep depression for five years. And uh, several, several years later, after graduating from high school, I moved to North Carolina's Outer Banks to live with our middle brother, Horace. And there I met a handsome DJ named Steve the Dream, and I fell in love and decided that I would drop out of college and stay at the beach with him. And almost to the day, he told me that he was moving to New York City to be a fashion model. So I reluctantly went back to college for a year, started modeling, and then a year later, I followed him to New York City, um, disco era New York, 1976. So um, Untethered takes us to New York and just talks about um, how I was there and waited tables and in failed relationships, I lost my way again. And so Untethered is really about um, losing my way, um, embracing faith, um, you know, overcoming shame and learning that taking risk and failing can sometimes lead to a bigger life than you ever imagined. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more on your closing <laughs> statement. Very happy that Suzanne Perry has joined us. We'll get to her in just a moment. But Suzanne, thank you for being with us. I'm glad we've overcome or you've overcome our technical difficulties yeah, for today. Well, so, thank you, great. Grace. <laughs> We're so happy to have you. Donna, let's pick up with you and your book because following Laura's and loss seems to be the natural segue. So thanks for joining us today to talk about Catch Me When I Fall. Thank you, Grace. It's really an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Um, you. So Catch Me When I Fall is a poetic memoir. And it's a love song to my mother, who passed away five years ago. And it's really a chronicle of my grief journey, and of how she actually became my teacher from the other side and my guide through my grief mm -hmm. and processing that. So it's uh, the the book is is poetry and then letters that I wrote to my mother after her death, as well as um, some of her responses back to me in terms of how to navigate uh, navigate my grief. And um, my mother and I had a really challenging relationship, and in the last few years of her life, <clears throat> we were able to heal that and. Um, so it, when I lost her, I was devastated because I'd finally found the mother I always wanted and then she was gone. But then I came to understand through um, a, a million miracles and uh, amazing experiences that, um, you know, just because someone dies doesn't mean they're gone. It just means the relationship can shift form. And so that's what this book is really about, is the new form of our relationship and, and what's available to us if we keep our hearts and minds open. Um, and, and also a family saga in some ways to pick up on Donaldson's theme. Yes. Suzanne, you 
talk about in your book, Lost Souls of Leningrad, also family struggles and survival. Tell us about your book. Yes, I'd love to. And thank you for having me. Um, so Lost Souls of Leningrad um, uh, is my novel. It's a World War II historical novel uh, set in the former Soviet Union. Um, it is based on the actual um, events, something called the Siege of Leningrad. In 1941, Nazi Germany invaded the Soviet Union and quickly surrounded the city of Leningrad. Hitler had determined to starve the population to death and actually did succeed in, um, in killing about a third, about a million of the three million civilians in the city. The siege was a two and a half year siege, so a very long, uh, one of these uh, truly uh, horrific tragedies that happen in, in every war, um, but this one a little larger in terms of the civilian cost. Um, and it, uh, it, it really is, I, I always like to describe it as equal parts war epic, family saga, as you said, and a love story. Um, so it is at the heart of the story is a widowed violinist named Sofia Karavaeva and her teenage granddaughter. And they are trapped in the city when the Nazis pull the noose tight, the two of them. Uh, Sophia is a li lifelong resident of, of Leningrad. And um, on the outskirts, the men they love are on the outskirts of the city. So Admiral Vasily Antonov, um, a, a, you know, a, a naval admiral of several decades, and a young soldier named Pavel Chernov, who is Yelena's um, uh, love interest. And these two men are on the outskirts of the city trying to save Leningrad, from um, from from beyond the, the the city limits, and the two women are struggling for survival um, in the city, and so it is a um, it is a, an interesting love story because you have you have the two couples, of course, but the real uh, at the center of the novel is this relationship between the grandmother and granddaughter, and it is really their devotion that to each other. Um, that allows them to survive the siege. Um, so uh, I, I really feel like the family aspect of it, this is one of the big, um, uh, you know, uh, big parts of the novel. It's, there are big themes. Of course, love is a big theme. Family is a big theme. Um, and it is really every bit as much about those themes and the, uh, the theme of human resilience as it is about the horrors of war and the brutality of of authoritarianism. So, so that's well, the basic story. <laughs> well, thank you, Lost Souls of Leningrad. And our listeners say all of these books sound wonderful and congratulations to all of you. And to our listeners, please feel free to ask questions of any one of our guests today. Um, Donaldson, I want to go back to you um, because it just seems, again, to pick up on the Suzanne, this idea of, uh, you know, she talked about a two-year siege. You're talking about multi-year uh, family tragedies and secrets. So let's hear more about about um, your book, uh, Because I Loved You. And, how, and tell us about the title. Uh, Donaldson, you're on mute. I Thank you. had a dog who was about to bark. I was afraid, so I muted myself. Um, the title, the, the working title actually was Nobody Else. Um, and I think I, that was the working title for me for a long time because I 
I was kind of curious when I was developing the characters about um, sort of the the impact of first love and, and all that. But um, so then the title changed uh, to Because I Loved You. My publisher actually suggested that title, so I went with it. Um, and uh, and I think it's I think it's a good I think it's a good title. Um, and I think um, it relates to the choices that each of the characters made. Um, having come to different different decisions, um, but um, and then you asked me something else. I'm sorry, Grace. You said before I went off on the title. Uh, I think I was talking about family sagas. Oh, and, family uh, saga. Yeah, tragedy um, and secrets. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the the novel really started with an image of a young girl, a teenager, galloping her mare across the chaparral. And as a girl, I spent some time in Northeast Texas. Um, and I grew up riding horses um, wherever I was. And I was intrigued by her. And I realized that the voice, she was, what was she running from and where was she going? And there was someone yelling after her in French. Um, and so I had to explore that. And um, you know, her mother uh, is a French war bride. So as I mentioned, the novel opens in 1972. So uh, her mother kind of escaped uh, Normandy um, France and um, married um, Lenny's father, who she thought, who was a medic in the war, she thought was a doctor. It turns out he was a veterinarian, you know, in the um, hinterlands of Northeast Texas. It was something of a shock, I think. Um, so there's, um, again, I was, I'm really interested in the impact of um, what our earlier generations go through. And I think the war is very much a, I call it sort of a shadow theme in my novel. Um, and one of the main characters, Caleb's brother, Hank, um, has just returned from Vietnam um, when the novel opens. Um, and, um, you know, we all know something of what it was like for the soldiers to return from Vietnam. Um, so you know, I'm sort of interested in how people come to terms with those issues and those um, uh, difficulties and traumas and how those kind of you know, continue to play out in the next generations. Um, so that's one way in which it's sort of a, 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 family, a family saga. And I, I work with veterans and first responders, by the way, too. So, um, yeah. One of the things I like to do on Launchpad is to uh, collect the similarities between mm -hmm. our guests, even though some people write in memoir, some people right. write historical fiction. So here we have two books that have two very different wars, but with such long lasting generational effects. Laura, let's go to you, the title, Untethered. So I came up with that um, because I guess my brother became untethered from the mountain. And as I was writing that first chapter, I thought about that a lot. And my book actually opens with me t uh, 20 years down the road, driving down a highway and finding a sign that said lane ends in 1500 feet and thinking or 2000 feet and thinking about that's how my brother fell half that far. And what was he thinking about? So untethered was sort of on my mind as I began the book. But then there was also a scene much later in the book when my mom is being hospitalized for a very severe depression and I go in to see her. And I remember when I wrote that scene, I, it was such a horrific thing to see my mom in a locked psychiatric ward. And I remember when I wrote it, I, I went into the room and, and I wanted to stay with her and just hold her. But then the other part of me just wanted to leave as soon as I could, because it was just so painful. And 
I, I talk in there about how my heart was tethered to her. And like, like Donna, I had for very much of my life had a fraught relationship with my mom. And in the end, because she had cancer, we also got very close and healed a lot. So it was, it was very painful. I knew my time with her was short and I just, I just wanted to hold on to her as long as I could. So I used that word tethered. And then when I thought sort of about the juxtaposition of my brother being untethered and me feeling tethered to my mom at the sort of the end of the book, it just seemed like the perfect title. And my title was changed to Donaldson. Um, I was, in fact, I'd already gone to my ARCs and the sales team said, well, you should change the sub to actually the subtitle. So I'm really glad I did. <laughs> I think my title now fits, better fits my book, but that's where Untethered came from. Well, thank you. And thanks for the insight for that too. I've read your book, as you know, and um, I somehow I missed the, the more dramatic of the loss of your brother being untethered. Uh, uh, so thank you for clarifying that. I think we have to go to Donna for next for Catch Me When I Fall. Um, that brings up images of tethered, untethered, but also just because of the connection between your moms that Laura shared and Donna shared. Yeah, so um, I decided on that title for a couple of reasons. Um, it is the name of one of the poems I wrote very early in the grief process. And I had an experience when my mother passed away. She died, she was older, she was almost 88, but she um, was in really good health. And then she had a bleeding ulcer and she died in three days. So she died very suddenly. And we were at her bedside and sort of shepherding her through, I had worked as a hospice chaplain for part of my life. And so I, um, I kind of knew how to do the drill and sort of set everything up for her. And I had the experience when she passed of my grandmother literally coming to take her hand. And then after she died, she assured me in one of our many sort of after death communications we had that she would be there to take my hand when it was my time and that she would be there to catch me when I fell. So not to worry that it was all going to be okay. And, you know, so that's why I named the book Catch Me When I Fall. Uh, and I'm, I'm so glad you shared that. Uh, for those of us who have worked in hospice, as I have, uh, those passing journeys are so sacred. And, you know, I, I would say that as in a rule, I would not say I'm a religious person, but those mm -hmm. are incredibly sacred yes. journeys to mm -hmm. walk with people. So thank you for sharing that part of it. Suzanne, Lost Souls of Leningrad. I think I know why you called it that, but you probably could have called it many things. Why that title? And tell us a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, it, I, I had a whole lot of different working titles. And um, one could say Lost Souls of Leningrad is pretty on the nose. Um, but, uh, you know, because so many people were lost and even those who survived were lost. But also it had to do with the fact that I'm a fan of a lot of great Russian writers and Nikolai Gogol wrote a famous story called Dead Souls, so um, which is a political satire. So, so um, yeah, my, my, my answer to that question isn't quite as interesting as the others, I think, because it just, it just made sense. I wanted 
people to know it was about Leningrad in the title. Um, I did really want that. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, so I think it's a, it's a well-crafted title. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about our craft as writers. Uh, each of you have come to this in slightly different ways with multiple um, writing journeys behind you. I'm going to start with Donaldson, who comes to us from screenwriting, which everyone thinks sounds quite glamorous, Donaldson. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, um, I did. I worked in film for a number of years, um, including working with Robert Redford for, for quite some time and did some documentary work with him and, and at the same time sort of writing um, writing screenplays, um, one of which in particular was, you know, all the way in pre-production and then it got pulled. And it's a very, very common story. I know Laura's husband is also a screenwriter, so I'm sure you've heard these tales as well. Um, and, and, and and actually, um, the, uh, the, the movie I just referenced, the, the plug got pulled rather um, um, uh, as quite a surprise. At the same time, uh, my mother passed away. Um, so very suddenly she was older, but she'd been in good health and she passed away in her sleep. And I, as the attorney was the executor and trustee of her estate. So I kind of resurfaced from all of that and just found that I'd sort of lost my gumption for writing screenplays, but not for writing. Um, and so I really, I took a workshop with somebody and, um, that's where the image, it was in one of those prompts that the image of that girl, um, and, uh, riding across the chaparral came and I just couldn't shake her and I didn't know what it was going to be but I knew I didn't want to go back to writing screenplays and I thought I don't know if I have enough words in me to write a novel um, so it, it took some time to um, um, to kind of let the story unfold and to really work with the characters um, so there were many drafts of this novel over many years because I did I, I was still working I was an attorney I also I wrote a play I did some other stuff but that was really great time spent um, and I realized what I realized recently what is it that keeps you know one working on these projects because I'm sure it's true for all of us this takes a long time and I realized it's really it's the intimacy with my characters that keeps me going um, and I feel that I, th I think I feel more uh, connected with them than probably what is really possible in life. Um, and I think you could ask me anything about Lenny and Caleb and their brothers, Hank and Foy, and, and I would know. I just, that's the, they're so close to me. So um, that's the real joy of it. The generating part of it is just so joyous. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I had the opportunity to interview some of my characters several years after I had written, and I was so happy, so joyous to be back with the characters <laughs> of the Eves. Donna, you have written another book called Thriver's Edge. So how did you get to this portion of your writing life? Well, my first book, The Thriver's Edge, Seven Keys to Transform the Way You Live, Love, and Lead, I wrote in 2015, or was published in 2015. And that was based largely on my experience uh, over the last 30 years as an executive coach focused on leadership development. Um, but I would say that I have always sort of considered myself to be a midwife uh, to help people live a better life or die a better death. And so um, when I lost my mom, I was really just brought to my knees by the grief. I just had never, never thought it would be that intense or never thought I would experience, experience it that way. And I've always been a poet since I was a little girl. I've written poetry since I remember being five or six, seven years old writing. And um, so I 
originally tried to make this book a memoir and it just wasn't, I kept feeling like I was trying to stuff a, you know, a size 10 foot and a size six shoe and it wasn't fitting. And so just like with the Thriver's Edge, which was kind of very intuitive and just came to me, I was like, just, it's the poetry speaks and you just need to give the context through the letters of what was actually happening. So a really dear friend of mine and fellow uh, fellow author, Barbara Sepienza, said to me, um, you know, Donna, this is a poetic memoir. And I was like, I like that. I really like that. It's like, it, it doesn't have an ISBN code that says that, but wouldn't it be cool to actually start to create something new in a new genre? So that's, it kind of ended up being a hybrid memoir and book of of poetry. Well, it is now an official genre, poetic memoir. We will use that um, from here on out on our show. And as we move forward, Laura, you came to this uh, from multiple places, including being a model. So talk to us a little bit about your journey to Untethered. Oh, thank you. Um, I've been writing, I write my first poem at 10. My dad was a journalist. He worked, he was a newspaper editor for 40 years. And was a stringer for Time Magazine. So I grew up with a typewriter on our kitchen table. And um, I wrote poems in high school and was published a little bit, but I started writing professionally in my late twenties. I was an advertising copywriter for eight years. Then I went on to do PR for a couple of um, nonprofits. And I had a newspaper column for two years in our local newspaper. Um, I did a lot of PR. And I was a staff writer for an international relief organization for a few years. So I, I had a, a wide portfolio of writing, but I'd always wanted to write a book. And so now my dream has come true. Um, and I, when I finally ended up, I had a little stint of teaching kindergarten for 15 years, which, you know, that'll prepare you for about anything. But um, anyway, once, once my husband and I got married in 2015, I started writing full time and, and started working on this memoir. And um, I'm dying to write a novel and hearing Donaldson talk about her characters, just, you just set another fire under me. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm currently working on a second memoir, but yeah, I, I love writing books and I hope to keep doing it forever. So. Thank you, Laura. And our, mm -hmm. one of our listeners is saying that they love how Donaldson talked about the intimacy she has with her characters. Now, Suzanne, you come to us in an unexpected way to me through the Department of Defense, which I love because my husband was also with DOD. But writing a book was actually on your bucket list? Well, that, that goes way back. So I was a student in the former Soviet Union for a semester in Moscow, where I got my first exposure, real exposure to Soviet culture. I was a Russian language major in, in college. And um, I, when I came back from that trip, I actually made made a list. This really tells you a lot about the kind of person I am. But I, I made a list about things I wanted to accomplish in life. And um, I, I really can, I can only recall a few of them. But when I got back from that trip, I, I wrote it. And I remember the last item was write a book. Well, 
40 years later, um, and actually more than that, uh, well, no, about, I guess about 40 years, a little under 40 years later, um, my life had just gone through a lot of changes and it was the right time for me to do something that I really wanted to do. And um, it was also during, actually it was in 2016 with all of the election trauma and things. So um, that was also, I think, a part of the um, impetus for me because I wanted to write something that would contribute to public awareness of the difference between democracy and authoritarianism. And I, for me, using my knowledge of the former Soviet Union from years ago and my experience with uh, culture and Yes, I, I was in the 1980s an arms control negotiator at the Pentagon, and I sat across the table from Soviet generals and Soviet ambassadors and that kind of thing. So I'd, inter I'd interacted with um, uh, the Russian people at several different levels, and I think that gave me um, just a, a really good background to write something about um, Soviet history. And just one more thing, and I know I'm going on a bit too long, but when I was a student uh, in Moscow, we went to Leningrad where I first saw the largest memorial cemetery there. And there are 500,000 unknowns buried in this cemetery. And it, wow. at 21 years old, it hit me so powerfully that I, it just, I always carried it. So when I decided to write a book, I knew immediately what I wanted to write about. So. Well, I'm so glad each of you wrote the books that you wrote, whether it took 40 years on a bucket list or not. We literally have just minutes. So I'm going to do a very quick, what is it you hope your, how, how do you hope your book will impact your readers? Laura? I hope that um, it takes a lot of courage to write your own story. And, and I've had a lot of women tell me that because I was, I had the courage to write mine, that it's given them courage to tell their own stories. So that is the thing I've, most for and it's actually happening and it makes me really happy. Wonderful. Donna? I hope that my book reaches people who are experiencing grief and gives them hope in the possibility of relationships being able to continue even after death. Wonderful. Suzanne? Well, I, a couple of things. I hope it does actually, um, it sort of fill a bit of the uh, education gap in the United States about the Eastern Front in World War II, um, but most importantly that it makes Americans uh, cling tighter to the democracy that we have here and um, understand what can happen when dictators um, take hold. Thank you. And Donaldson? Um, let's see. Um... I hope they can sort of sink into the worlds and the different timeframes. And I think um, maybe ha encourage people to have some understanding of how relationships can change in families over time. Um, and uh, which I think is something Laura and Donna have also kind of alluded to in their memoirs, their relationships with their moms. Um, so um, yeah, my novel really talks more about, about brothers and siblings a little bit more, but also parents and the mothers and yeah, if you stay open and keep your open, your heart open, you never know. Well, I want to thank each of you, Donaldson Brown, because I loved you. P. Suzanne Perry, Lost Souls of Leningrad. Donna Stoneham, Catch Me When I Fall. And last but not least, Laura Whitfield, Untethered. Thanks to everybody who's watched, I want to take a special note today because this is our season finale of season two. We have hosted over 88 
different authors on our show. Um, I'm very honored that we share this platform with Bookish Road Trip and Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, where we have just won four different awards for this show, both in fiction, storytelling, um, the arts, and I'm very humbled by saying publishing and best host. So I wanna thank everybody. Each of these stories has inspired me, and we've actually just come up with Launchpad, the countdown to writing your book, Launchpad, the countdown to publishing your book, and out this week for the first time, Launchpad, the countdown to marketing your book. I want to thank you, particularly Laura, Donna, Suzanne, and Donaldson for being with us and for each of our listeners. We'll be back with live episodes um, at the end of July. In the meantime, you'll be able to watch some of our taped episodes between now and then. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Launchpad. This episode is copyrighted by Grace Salmon and Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thank you for visiting with us on Launchpad.